Would you allow me to lead you this morning in the prayer for illumination? Let's pray. Guide us, O Lord, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover peace and justice through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Today's scripture reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 5 through 10. It can be found in your sanctuary Bibles on page 80 of the New Testament. Again, I'll be reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 5 through 10. Listen now for God's living word. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, If you had the faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave, who has just come in from plowing and tending the sheep in the field, Come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, Prepare supper for me? Put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink. Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, We are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. So this fall, our sermon series is called Go and Do. Each week we are exploring what it means to live our lives as disciples of Jesus. What, do, what does a disciple do to faithfully live out their call as a disciple? And these apostles in the scripture this morning open up a pretty good conversation for us today. The apostles came to Jesus with a request. They phrased it less like a request and, and more like a plea or perhaps even an order. Jesus, they say, increase our faith. Increase our faith. You've been teaching us all this hard stuff, and we need some more power, some more instruction behind us. This request has a sense of, of asking for more. It's a request that, that seems to come with a, a bit of desperation, even. And it's a strange request coming from apostles. You see, apostles are one step above disciples. Apostles are, are ones whom Jesus has called and, and equipped and prepared their leaders, their spiritual leaders even more so than the disciples. And taken literally, the word apostle means a person who is sent. 
These are the people who Jesus is sending to spread the message, to share the good news of God revealed in Jesus. These are the ones that Jesus has sent to teach the way that Jesus is teaching, the way to live, the way to tell the world that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is God in human flesh. And the apostles go to Jesus, seeming to say, add faith to our lives, Jesus. Help us find more. Give us more. Help us do more. And it doesn't seem unreasonable, all things considered. It seems like a fair request to me, especially since the scripture right before this, Jesus explained that if their leadership as disciples causes any other person to stumble, well, they'd be better off with a millstone around their neck and tossed into the sea. Well, and and then there was the one before that where, where Jesus taught about forgiveness, saying, when one forgives, they need to forgive 70 times seven times. It's a lot of times. Or there was the one where Jesus explains to the disciples that they are, they are salt. But if any has lost their saltiness, they've lost their purpose. Now, I don't know about you, but hearing all the many ways that Jesus talks about the very high stakes of sharing the, the teachings of Christ, well, I think I'm with the apostles. I'm ready for Jesus to increase my faith, too. And to answer the request for an increase in their faith, Jesus offers some metaphors. If you only had the faith of a small mustard seed, Jesus starts, the apostles would have known the small size of Jesus mustard says, seed. If you just have faith that big, you could move a mulberry tree. Now, the apostles also would have known that a mulberry tree has roots that run really deep, deeper than the average tree. And no one, no one can pick up a mulberry tree and replant it in the seed. Why, why would anyone even do such a thing? But Jesus is making a point clear, just an inkling of faith has a power that is measured beyond understanding. I find it disappointing that the gospel writer didn't record the apostles' reaction to Jesus' teaching. I wish I could see their faces. I imagine they'd, they'd say things like, Really, Jesus? Impossible tasks could happen with even a small amount of faith? Really, Jesus, did you have to say that out loud? What if my mom was present? Now she's going to tell me every chance she gets. Son, if you just have the faith of a mustard seed. Boy, name one simple anxiety and that's where she would go, no doubt. Thanks, Jesus, you're giving the lady fodder. But besides, teacher, isn't this whole metaphor thing just downright absurd it's too much it's over the top but what does this absurd metaphor mean really 
isn't really one for flip absurdities. Jesus uses metaphors to, to get people thinking intentionally. Rather than trying to confuse people or break people down, Jesus is trying to get to the heart of an idea. Jesus wants to grow a deeper understanding of God's ways, of God's grace, of God's love. So, so what is Jesus growing in these metaphors about a seed and a tree? Maybe Jesus is saying that life is not always about having more, even more faith, more hope, let alone more money. If we had all these things more, couldn't we just fix this broken world, right, Jesus? Well, maybe. Maybe Jesus is, is asking us to trust that what we have right now is enough. It's enough to get started, to get started healing a broken world with compassion and whatever gifts are in the room. Or maybe Jesus is, is saying that having enough faith to listen to God and a willingness to go where God is leading is more important than the certainty of having the right answer or the certainty of knowing what the final outcome should be. Maybe, maybe Jesus is saying why we do something is every bit as important or even more important than what we're trying to accomplish. Maybe Jesus is saying that a life of faith isn't actually about increasing our own living in ways that grow opportunities for other people to increase theirs. And yes, reading these scriptures, there are deeply personal and individual dimensions to faith that are expressed. And, and yet faith in the real world is necessarily connected to other people. Our faith isn't just ours alone. It's lived in relationship with God and neighbor, with one another. And Jesus, wonderful Jesus, once again doesn't give us any concrete answer. Jesus does not leave us with a perfectly crafted blueprint or five-point, ten-point plan. Jesus simply modeled for us how we live this faith. A faith the size of a mustard seed. When we read scriptures, we read about a world that's troubling. A world that's broken, that's hurting. And in that world, there is Jesus, Jesus who fed hungry people. Jesus who healed hurting people. Jesus who opened compassion where people were vulnerable. Jesus who empowered the weak and expected more from the powerful. Jesus who taught mercy. Jesus who liberated people who were held captive. Jesus who welcomed those who were not welcome anywhere else. 
Jesus who comforted the grieving and consoled the wounded. Whoever was watching Jesus all along this journey that he's making with these disciples all the way to Jerusalem, they would have seen these kinds of actions lived out faithfully by Jesus. And what is the reality that the world around Jesus, the people around Jesus grow in faith and love because of this grace they experience in Jesus, because of this Jesus incomprehensible, we too, encountering Jesus in our lives, grow. Simple, concrete love of Jesus manifest in so many small ways. There's a region in northeast India, a mountainous place, and it's called Meghalaya. Now, the region is thought to be possibly the wettest place on earth. During monsoon seasons, they measure rainfall in meters. The global record for annual rainfall of 25 meters in a year was, was recorded there. What this means is that in monsoon season, what are normally tame streams become raging rivers. Valleys fill with water, making it impossible to get from hill to hill to traverse the landscape. Human-made bridges seldom survive these annual deluges. The best engineers in the world have not been able to replace the solution that the people in Megalia have grown over centuries. You see, the people have cultivated what they there call living bridges. These are bridges that connect hilltop to hilltop. The bridges that are made from the roots of living trees. Not fallen trees, living trees. So families train the roots of a particular variety of fig tree on each hillside. And they train the roots to go down deep to prevent the erosion of the embankments. And similarly, they, they begin to train the roots so they go from one hillside down through the valley over to the other. And when they get to the other, they pull them tight and train them to go deep into the soil on the other side. And a tree on each side begins to entangle into what becomes, as they call it, a living bridge. These bridges allow people to walk from hillside to hillside in this mountainous region, creating commuter routes throughout the land. Monsoons cannot wash these bridges away. But there's a catch about these extraordinary bridges. Each one has required generations to cultivate. No single bridge is ever completed in a lifetime. But the payoff of these bridges 
lasts for hundreds of years, as many as 500 years, which means that the knowledge and experience of making living bridges needs to be passed from one generation to the next. And all these generations with this slow, small, careful, committed work has created a network of living bridges that extends through the region. Now, Megalia might be the land of living bridges, but it seems that this is the kind of bridge that the world longs for, that the world needs so terribly. Small acts of faith that... that begins something that is completed generations later, trusting that what we have is enough to follow God's lead, trusting that we might have enough here and now that it might be expanded on by someone with new gifts that follows, and understanding that in offering something faithful to someone else, might just be the way that our own faith grows. This is the kind of bridge that Christ has called the church to cultivate. It is the kind of bridge that disciples go and grow. The kind of bridge that grows a faith that increases. And that faith might one day do something that might look impossible now church trust God to have such deep roots. May the church trust that small acts of faith grow beyond measure and beyond understanding. May the church have eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to trust and believe and hands and feet to go out and do as God calls the church to do. Amen.